Hey everybody, welcome to On Grade, episode 5. It's uh, Brandon coming to you live from uh, the uh, studio. I got my good friend Cole Meyer here from Armor Erosion Control, located in Dallas, Texas. So Cole, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, um, so let's get started. Uh, we'll hear a little bit about your background, where you grew up, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, 
the biggest uh, biggest hurdle I had uh, back when we closed the doors, my family's business. You know, being 24 years old and had a wife and two kids, uh, you know, it was, it was tough. You know, I really uh, put all that on my shoulders, you know, as far as how to, how to provide for my family. You know, it's, it's tough to, to see, you know, that potential coming again, you know, what that, what that looks like around the corner. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you about that. I know you and I talked on the phone earlier today, and we were kind of talking about what we're going to talk about tonight. What similarities are you seeing between 2008 and 2023? I don't know, man. It's, it's, you know, 2008, it just seemed like it, it wasn't a gradual slowdown like it is now. It seems like back then it was just a flip of a switch. You know, you're, you're busy, you're working, and then just all of a sudden it's just gone. Um, you know, it seems like there's better forecasting now maybe. I don't know, but it just seems like it's – I think people are seeing it coming more now. Right. I, I would say the same. I've talked to a few guys, and the similarities are there, but the differences are massive. Uh, the similarities are interest rates are going up. That was going on at about the same time in 08. Um, they did start gradually raising the interest rate, and because of the notes that they were writing back in those days, which today would be considered illegal, <laughs> um, it changed the whole spectrum. And so because of that, it has made it so difficult for a lot of people to buy a home the first time and even harder now with the interest rates where you're having to traditionally you were coming up with 10%. But if you're buying a home now that was two years ago when you and I were probably looking for homes, you're paying a quarter million for a home that's now 500K. And it's just unrealistic to pay these prices. And then on top of it, the interest rates are going through the roof. So as you were kind of talking about to me earlier, you said the residential sector is already kind of starting to slow down a little bit. Can you go into detail more about that? Yeah, yeah. It seems like, you know, in my experience, it seems like that's the uh, the side of the business that always slows down first. Obviously, the housing market slows down. Uh, you know, commercial keeps going a little longer. Multifamily seems to go a little bit longer. Uh, but yeah, I'm seeing that, hearing that out in the field. What are you seeing with the uh, labor shortage? Is it is it? You think it's getting better? Or do you think it's getting worse? I don't think it's getting any better. Uh, it's funny you say that. I think that uh, the testing labs have been hit uh, the most, in my opinion, because it seems like uh, the guys that are out there now are just warm bodied. A lot of these guys, you know, there's there's a lot of good guys out there, a lot of good lab tech. I don't get me wrong, but it seems like these testing labs have had to. Uh, trying to figure out how to manage all the work that's out there. And so they're just hiring whoever they can get. You know, I've seen guys on these on these sites that don't even know how to turn a gauge on and you know run a density test. So uh, I don't think it's getting better yet. Yeah. I have a uh, – we're starting – we just started moisture conditioning job this morning, and I was out there on the job. It was in Irving. And it was the first time in probably – five months we had a tech that had been doing it longer than six months and the guy actually knew what he was really doing and it's unbelievable how much faster when you have a lab technician knows what they're doing how much faster you can do moisture conditioning cut fill all that kind of work because if a guy doesn't know what he's doing he's just eyeballing and guessing it 
and saying, oh, well, you need to add more water. And he's not even reading the soils report that they provide him before he even gets to the job. So he's just shooting numbers out of it. You know what? And it makes it really difficult for a contractor to go, hey, dude, have you even read the soils report? And my guys are out in the field, Robert and David and, you know, our new foreman, Cody. And they're calling me and going, I don't think this guy's read a soils report because he doesn't know what he's doing. So the other area I think that's hitting real hard right now, and it's not being discussed a lot across the country, and I think it's more specific to our area, is trucking. What are you seeing with the trucking? Yeah, I'm I'm noticing that as well. We uh we have to almost use three to four different trucks on one job just to get the job to hit production right. so we can get the work done. There for a short time and I mean you'd call and ask for ten trucks and you were getting one, maybe right. two. I mean it was terrible. And it was last summer of twenty one. I'm sure you remember that. I mean, we could not get trucks anywhere, any job in any part of town, I could not get trucks. And it was because those massive jobs were going on. And they were paying guys a hundred dollars more a load than it was worth just to keep them hauling. So, um, tell me a little bit about Claymark from back in the day. I remember hearing about you guys back in the day. You know, we had talked about it when I was at uh, Earthmasters. You guys have been doing a bunch of work that we were working right down the road from you guys and stuff. It was mom and pop company. We were mom and pop compared to you guys. And I remember seeing you guys all over the place back in the day. And um, So talk about your transition into Rumsey. I know you went into Rumsey for a while, so talk yeah. about that. Yeah. Yeah, at the time, FCS Construction, uh, within five 
years and then uh, running the golf. It was, it was just it was a good time to to take that next step. You know, I always had a had a career path in mind. You know, what I mean, as far as climbing the ladder for myself and my family and, and making that advancement in my career, uh, it was just the the, the right call at that time. So I went in with those guys as general superintendent for the earthwork division and uh, was with them. Uh, still am in a way um, for uh, about four and a half years, and uh, it's been a great company, a great, uh, great experience, great guys, uh, awesome guys to work with. Uh, they do earthwork utilities and kind of do concrete paving as well. <coughs> they want to, you know, kind of get that three-headed monster attack on these jobs, and, and uh, which really benefits the general contractor. Uh, and so back in uh, 2020. November of 2020 is whenever I picked up Armory Road Control. And, you know, obviously still working for Rumsey, and I, I told the guys, hey, this is what I'm going to do, you know, and, and uh, you know, they were, they were okay with it, which I didn't know how they were going to react to it. Um, it it's, it's kind of odd, obviously, to start a, a business while you're working for someone. Uh, but, you know, I wanted to be as transparent with it as possible. Hey, this is not going to not going to take me away from what I'm doing for you guys, and, and you know I don't want that to interfere or be a be a conflict of interest. You know, I mean, it's not, it's not something that uh, Rumsey offered. You know, road control. Uh, so uh, it was really a blessing to be able to start that and then know about it and support that. And it just got to a point where it was like, hey man, I, what are we what are we going to do with this? It's, it's growing. You know, we're getting busier and busier. Uh, and they just really took the approach that. They wanted to be a part of it, and so uh, we partnered up. And uh, I guess the first part of this year, 22, and uh, we changed the name a little bit. We did uh, Armor Site Services because we also offer some saw cutting, and so we didn't want you know the the saw truck to roll up and then say Armory Road Control, you know, confuse anybody. So we just made it you know kind of simplified it, uh, changed the name a little bit to uh, accommodate that. You know, we'll, we'll do whatever, man. We'll, we'll wash your car. You know, we'll do whatever makes money. You know, and, and, and try, to, try to build a relationship with people and, and take care of people at the same time. So uh, it's, been a, it's been an awesome experience. And it's been a pleasure to work with you. And you've been a great supplier for us, and you've been a great friend. And honestly, you've been a great therapist and mentor and great person to talk to when I'm having a terrible day. And, uh, it's always the best when you come by the office and we get to kick it for a few minutes. And I'm just glad you're here tonight with us. And uh, I tell you, everybody, if you get a chance to use these guys on your job anywhere in the Metroplex, these are the guys to use. Um, they do a great job. And uh, Cole's a stand-up guy, and he runs a heck of a tight ship and a great company. Got nothing but great things to say about him. So what are you seeing payment term-wise right now? It's the elephant in the room. I would talk about it with everybody. That's right. <laughs> it's a little tough these days. I mean, it, you know, the, the cash flow game, and, you know, it can, it can make or break it sometimes, you know. But, uh, it, it, it does seem like it's taking a little bit longer these days, like you and I discussed. Um, and I think that's, that's got a lot to do with, with the current state of things, the, the, uh, the price of everything, the cost of, of goods and materials and fuel. Uh, you know, people are, just, are making sure that everything they have is covered before they 
let that go. It seems like it's, it's just taking a little bit longer these days to get, to get that AR balance down where it needs to be, you know? Absolutely. I'm seeing my best clients are 30 to 45, which is the traditional that we're used to down here, especially in the Metroplex. But I mean, I just went and picked up a check today for a job that I got did in September. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's crazy. I mean, it's just, I mean, we're about at the county's office following a lien and they're calling, right. Oh, don't do it. Don't do it. We got a check for you. It's just, uh, it's been a nightmare, honestly. Um, the weather this m- last couple months has been real tough too, with the wet, the rain coming through, and then, you know, it's the ho- this is the holiday week, you know, and you got tons of guys out of town. I got tons of guys out of town, and it's like we're running with skeleton crews right now, trying to make it happen. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to see what 2023's got in store for us. I think it might be better than we think it is. I'm glad everybody's being precautious. That is one thing I'm very uh, glad to see. I'm glad people aren't, like, ramping up and buying all this equipment and all this stuff because in six months you don't know what's going to be happening. Um, You and me were talking. I've been renting a lot lately. I haven't been – I haven't bought anything this year. I don't know what's going to happen. Everybody's like, man, there's so much work right now and the money's good. And I'm like, yeah, the money part's great, but what's going to happen in 12 months? Where are we going to be sitting at? Are you going to be bidding 50 jobs a week still, or are you going to be bidding five? I mean, are you going to cut your estimating department in half? You know, um, biggest things that I'm seeing on my end is like, you know, I can get all the work I want, but now they're starting to cut out stuff. Like they're like, hey, don't do the erosion control no more. Hey, don't, we got somebody to do that. Hey, we got somebody to do the saw cutting. Hey, we got... Which, that's not much money, you know, in the spe- full spectrum of an earthwork project. But what are they going to try to do next? They're going to try and be like, hey, we'll cover the trucking? Right. You know what I mean? Are they just going to get it to the point where all they're paying you for is labor and fuel and equipment? I mean, at that point, yeah, you can have good margins in that, but they're not going to pay you the rates you would charge on a TNM or a change order. So it's going to get to the point. They kind of did this when I was working in the oil field about 10 years ago. They fracking back in the day they used to pay you for sand the chemicals all that stuff well these oil companies got slick and go no no no. we'll pay for the chemicals up front we'll pay for the sand we're just going to pay for the pumping that's your cost well there's no margins in that because you can't mark that up you can only charge so much in you know per gallon on that so it's the same concept with us i mean they're going to eventually get just to where they're only covering us on an hourly and maybe if you're lucky you're getting 20 percent on that i mean you think I'm crazy, or does that seem realistic to you? No, no, no. I mean, I think just the cost, like you said, it's yeah. going up so high. It's just, they're kind of, in a way, cutting out the middleman. Yeah. I'll just do this directly. Yeah. I mean, take the markup off of that and uh, do it myself. Yeah. Mentality. Yeah. Um, what are you looking What are you looking forward to the most, though, next year? What are you looking forward to? Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, you know, I've got two crews right now, and then it's all cutting out the you know, crew. Um, just, just continue growth with more good relationships like you guys, and, and just trying to make people happy. That's it. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. It's getting harder to make people happy now, though. It's I feel like I'm becoming more of the Grim Reaper lately. I hate to say it. Just trying to collect money, man. It's just right. it's awful. Um, the 
what are you um what are you doing on your end for marketing what's your big big thing i i mean i know what you do but for the viewers what are you what are you doing in regards to separating yourself from other erosion contractors honestly i'm, I'm doing facebook linkedin uh armor site services on both those we start stuff uh, i try to post as much as i can you know some videos and pictures of what we do uh you know uh handing out hats with our our logo on them and stuff like that uh you know on our trucks i've got the, the biggest uh sticker you get on the on both doors and, and try to uh you know put all the, the logos on our machines that we can. Uh, just trying to, trying to do it that way, word of mouth. Hey man, I'm doing this. You need erosion control, you need saw cutting type deal. Just everybody that I know, uh, you know, when I started, uh, it was just all word of mouth. It was, you know, the relationships that I've made over my, you know, 20 year career in excavation was, hey man, I'm starting up a business. Can I help you out? And, you know, that just kind of kept traveling, kept traveling. And it, it uh, that's, that's really, you are the guru on it i'll tell you um you do some post some awesome stuff what are uh what are you noticing about this generation of you you've been in this for as long as longer than me um and i thought i had some years but you got a few on me what are you seeing in this generation of operator foreman superintendent versus a guy 10 years ago It's so true. <laughs> we, um, I, I don't know if you listened to the other episode, but I had the guys from the Dirt Bags podcast on last week, and they were they were saying the same thing. They were like, "Well, you know, it's like you got guys calling in now, and they're just like, well, what kind of G they don't ask you what machines do you have? What kind of GPS system do you run?' And I got a guy right now that's supposedly a twenty five year dozer hand. And um, he calls us up the other day, and he says, hey, I'm looking for a job. And I said, okay. And he says, uh, I'm a GPS finished dozer hand. So I called Robert, and Robert calls me back, and he goes, you ever hear a guy call you and say he's a finished GPS dozer hand? He says, just hang up the phone. Because that, <laughs> that, that, guy, that guy has never read grade stakes and doesn't know what the heck a blue top is. Well, you know, the saying goes with it, and you and me were saying it the other day, you hire 10 guys, you only keep three of them. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's hard to find guys that fit into your – the other thing you got to think about is crew integrity. You've got guys that are working for you for years. 
you bring a guy in that's toxic, that can that can make a whole crew walk off on you. You know, it's uh, it's real hard. It's a balancing act. You gotta bring guys in gradually, and you gotta build it up right, and you want to have good crew cohesion and good company cohesion and all that. And I mean, you could bring the wrong guy in, and next thing you know, you lose everybody. Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah. I've seen it. I've seen it, too. You know, you bring a bad foreman in, and all of a sudden, guys are dropping like flies that have been with you for years, and they're calling you and going, hey, uh, I, you know, when you got operators calling you, you know, especially in our position, calling us, there's probably a problem, and you should listen. And that goes for anybody listening to this that is starting a business or is rare, fairly new to this business. If you have your own employees – contacting you they've probably exhausted every avenue they're going to go they've they've talked to that foreman they've talked to their superintendent and it's just it's falling on deaf ears so if they're calling you that's a call you need to take and if you get a chance to go to the job site and sit down and talk to the guy do it because you might a be able to solve the problem or b find him a bet another crew to go to um because if you start poison it poisons the whole crew and the next thing you know you've got a bunch of Nobody wants to work. Nobody wants to get the job done. And it's just a bunch of drama. So we're going to cut. So, Cole, what are you, uh, what are some things you want to, that you're finding the most to be difficult with the industry right now in regards to developers, general contractors, stuff like that? Labor, for sure. Labor? Uh, Yeah, I think the biggest struggle for any industry, especially in ours, is we rely so heavily on stuff that comes nowadays, especially not from the United States anymore or from our area. Um, you know, a lot of these developers now, they want to, they're, they're um, wanting to change things and, you know, bring in super high-end stuff from Europe and Asia and stuff, and it's just the lead time on it now has just gotten through the roof. Um, I'm shocked at how hard it is to get parts right now just for equipment. I mean, because half the parts aren't even built here anymore. They're made in Mexico or in China or anything like that. And I know a big part of that is to do with the unions. Um, And the unions up north have caused a lot of these companies to go, okay, well, we can't charge a fair price to the customer and pay you the wage you need and us also cover our margins and our overhead and our costs. So this is part of the reason they're shipping the jobs overseas. In turn, though, the reason that they're having to increase these prices is due to the leadership of the community they're in not embracing um, more business-friendly etiquette. So I find it to be very give and take right now in a very weird situation that we're finding ourselves in where prices through the roof on everything, but you're also slowing down. 
It's really weird. It's a weird predicament we're in because the housing market, yes, it is slumping, but you're still paying twice for a house what you paid for it two years ago. Yeah. And people are still lining up to buy them. Yeah. That's the craziest part. I mean, it's like, whoa. Guys are developing on land that is twice the cost that it was two years ago. You know, a quarter million dollar job a year ago is half a million dollars now. It's insane. It is. And people are still building. Yeah. I'm not complaining. I mean, I live, I, I thrive off of it. It's how I make a living, but I scratch my head some days. <laughs> like, yeah. eventually the music's going to stop and, and we've got to prepare for that. What do you recommend our viewers to do to prepare for that? What do you, what do you say to these new guys that are out there right now that are just getting started and they're running a company that makes less than a million a year, or, you know, they're in their second year and they're going for that $2 million threshold. What do you tell those guys? Well, I mean, that's, that includes myself. Yeah. You know, with armor. Uh, I'm just keeping my head down, man. Just, just uh, staying steady as, as I can, building those relationships, keeping those contacts as, as positive as I can, just trying to put my best foot forward with everybody so that uh, they don't scratch my name off the list, right? Because, I mean, you look around the Metroplex, there's, there's erosion control out, uh, companies out there. Right. I, mean, I can name you ten or twelve off the top of my head, and they're we're all out there doing the same thing. We're out there trying to be uh, be the best that we can for the clients, that uh, so that they don't they don't forget you, they don't they don't just go down to the next guy on the list type deal. And uh, you know, just gotta gotta do the best that I can to make that guy make you call me again. You know, what I mean, use me again. Absolutely. Uh, you know, not trying to take away from the competitors at the same time. I mean, we. I don't want all of it. I just want a piece of it, right? I mean, that's that's my mentality on this. Uh, I've got you know, uh, good friends that um, in the earthwork world I used for years uh, that are now competitors and they're still friends, you know. So I don't I don't ever want to take uh, any food off anybody's table. I just you know I just want to see at it, you know. I look at it like we're all just one big happy family, I, even though we are competitors. Um, we need to watch out for each other. Um, that's why I'm pushing on us all as an industry, especially in the state of Texas, us reaching out to our congressmen, us reaching out to our local reps. Maybe we need to get more involved getting in with the local chamber of commerce or, you know, contributing more to political parties. Um, you know, we, we're big in construction about, we don't mix politics with work. We, we've, it's the unwritten rule. It's been there for a very long time. We don't, the developers do. The GCs and the in the subs don't as much, but I believe in, in in wholeheartedly that maybe we do invest more in adjoining organizations like Texo or you know Nuka or so many of these great organizations that are out there, the AGC corporations, all these. Because I think what'll happen is if we as subs stand up and go, okay, yeah, well, I get you're building this to appeal to the developer, you're building this to de develop communities and bring work and industry and all this stuff that's great they have a great margin as it is they've already got a margin built into the, the the execution of this project when you're continuously nickel and diming every other sub on the job to increase that margin five more percent or whatever they're shooting to do you're doing something you just talked about you're taking food off somebody's table sure. so at what point do we as an industry go enough's enough we need a fair margin, just like you do. 
I know guys that are doing jobs right now that are barely making 3% because they have to compete with massive earthwork companies in the Metroplex because they have the iron to do the work. They have the knowledge to do the work. But at the end of the day, they're in that threshold of they're in that million dollar plus project. They're doing the square building jobs. They're going out and chasing the multifamily projects. They're going out chasing these massive neighborhoods, these 100, 200 acre neighborhoods that are going up all over the place out here. There's got to be a give and take, though. When work is performed, and our lien laws are a joke here. They really are. You can follow a lien. Okay, yeah, you can foreclose. Who ends up making money out of this deal? You know as well as I do. Who makes the money? Cole, I'm going to let you answer that, but you, you know as well as I do. Who's making the money out of the deal? It's not us. No. Everybody in the room makes money but us. The supplier's going to get paid before we do. Your lawyer's going to get paid before we do. And then we get the crumbs. So <clears throat> what do we do as an industry to change the etiquette? What do we do as an industry to correct these problems? What do we do as an industry to move us into the 21st century when we're running off of a 19th century system? That's a tough question. Uh, yeah, where to begin on that one uh, as far as uh, running these jobs like they're supposed to be, uh, putting the start from the top with these GCs, uh, the people that are in those positions, uh, just knowing how to uh, properly run a job, how to properly communicate with subs and run a schedule uh, so that the project doesn't get delayed and, and, and get into their pocket, which in turn, you know, unfortunately, it, it affects the subs as well. Um, you know, a good project manager, superintendent combo on these, on these projects, it, it'll make or break the project for them and for the subs, really. Uh, it's tough whenever you get a guy that's not seasoned or uh, just uh, is it, set in his ways and, and doesn't uh, communicate positively to the sub and gives them clear uh, direction on what to do or, or manage the project like it's supposed to. Um, it's like that job in, in, uh, in Dallas. Uh, the first job I did with RPMX, it was a museum tower. So they were digging a basement going 40 foot deep from the street level. And it's, you know, zero lot line. So um, having to manage that. The superintendent that was on that project was Austin Commercial. I believe his name was Al. Uh, he was probably in his 70s at the time. Dude was just, I mean, just oozing with construction knowledge. Um, I probably learned the most on that one job. Um, on that one job, I've learned more than on any other job. The guy just, the way he ran the project, his efficiency was just insane. You know, we're managing 25 trucks sitting on the street trying to get in and get out in the middle of downtown Dallas, and just the way that he handled that project was amazing. And I've always kind of modeled you know, what a superintendent for a project should look like from that guy. Uh, just, I never forgot that guy. That was 2010 when I first met him. And uh, I think that, that that's where it starts is just the, the, the people that are leading the way. The biggest thing that I'm finding, too, is caveat kind of what you said. I've got project managers now that are just graduating out of college. And they're trying to tell me on the phone <laughs> or in an email. Most of the time it's email nowadays because I don't talk to anybody on the phone anymore because if it's not in an email, unfortunately, uh, good luck holding it up in court. So, unfortunately, I've gotten that way now that I have to think that way constantly, that I have to 
If they call me, I will literally text them to email me. Um, if they're at that point with me on a job, um, I've hired a project manager now though. Um, you met him, Julian. And, uh, he talked to me the other day. He says, why don't you want to talk to these guys anymore? I said, well, it's nothing personal. It's just, uh, it's business. You know, it's easier to deal with it in an email because if they go back on their word, I got something to hold them, hold against them. If I do it over a phone and we do this verbal agreement, like we used to be able to do 20 years ago sure. and shake a hand on it, you could get the job done and you got paid and you didn't have an issue and that change order got approved and you got paid for it. It's not like that anymore. You have to do everything in documents. And that's the biggest thing that I want to pass along to our viewers is document everything, dude. Take pictures of everything. You can get these field reporting softwares for what? 20 bucks a month right. and take all the pictures and it builds a field report for you and a little question. Your guys can do it right on their phone. And, and I think too, just adding an extra couple boxes of blue tops always helps. Mm-hmm. You know, you always go back to that hub. It's there. Yep. If it's on grade, it's there. Yep. You know, just do a 20 foot grid. You yep. Know, and just wear them out with blue tops. Um, and also, uh, uh, just making sure that you have a signed and executed change order before you do work. Mm -hmm. That's been a big uh, mistake that I've seen over the years. Some guys just, they get the verbal, like you said, and do the work. And then it comes to, hey, man, you know, I didn't get paid on the change order. Well, it's not approved. You know, and it just keeps on getting kicked down the road and kicked down the road. Um, you know, just a little bit of, uh, like you said, due diligence on getting the email verification on all this stuff and executing change orders and just making sure that reduction in rows before you do that work. The other thing you want to do, too, though, is, is if that does occur, always remember, guys, that if you have a legitimate invoice and you have proof of the work being completed and it is outside of your contract, you have every legal right to file a lien even if it's not approved, just so everyone knows, in the state of Texas at least. I don't know how it works in other states. But I know for firsthand knowledge, <laughs> you can do it. Verbatim, it's come from three attorneys I've spoke with over the years. If you have a legitimate approval email, or any kind of proof that they have approved you to do that work, you are legally allowed to proceed with notices and with an with, and finally with a lien. So, what are you thinking? We're looking at next five years with the with technology, the business, um, the companies, the personnel. What do you see shifting? Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a good friend named Jay Collis with Collis Enterprises. Uh, I met him, man, it's probably been, I think, 2005 or six. I think when I first met him. We just, we've stayed in touch over the years. Uh, I remember him telling me a story of uh, being out on uh, a Caterpillar's proving ground and him in the, in the seat of a pickup truck running two D10s, you know, with the remote control. Uh, I don't know if that's telling me or how far away that would be. Uh, but, you know, uh, I think the technology is always going to continue to evolve and, and change. Um, you know, I think that we'll probably see some uh, some machines out there with a dude in a, in a cab of a truck running probably. Uh, you know, hoping that uh, if we do go into a recession, hoping that uh, we come out of it uh, quickly, you know, and just everybody uh, can stay working, stay, uh, stay busy, keep the food on the table. Absolutely. I think the... 
biggest thing we have to do as an industry right now is come together. We don't have to, we don't need to separate ourselves. We don't need to, yeah, it should be healthy to have competition. Absolutely. But I believe at the same time, we need to watch out for each other. If you get burned by a contractor on a job, that's when you pick up the phone, you call your guys that you know are competitors and you go, Hey brother, I went through a really rough patch just now with this contractor. Keep an eye out, you know, um, make sure that you double check everyone you work for. That's my biggest thing to do. Um, the best reference is call guys you know of for effective work for them before. Um, that's how I do it. I call around to the other excavation contractors around here, and I'll call Bobby or I call you. I've done that a few times, and sure. you've told me a few times who not to work for and who to work for. The other thing that I wanted to talk about is what do you think we're looking like with the residential market slowing down? How long do you think we got on commercial, industrial, that kind of work before that might start slowing down? Yeah. yeah, I mean, like I said, uh, uh, as far as how, it, how to project that is tough. You know, how do you uh, – yeah, I ask developers all the time, hey, what are you saying? You know, what's it looking like out there? You know, and they – oh, we got a good, you know, four or five years before it, uh, you know, slows down. So, <clears throat> really, uh, staying in touch with those guys. Hey, what are you saying? Hey, what's, what's it look like? You know, just uh, really leaning on those guys that – What are you looking to do to think outside the box with work if it does start slowing down? What are your plans? Uh, what are some ideas you have for armor to do in regards to, say, these neighborhoods start slowing down real quick all of a sudden? What it's, what's your backup plan? What's your strategy? Well, um, you know, like I told you before, I'll, I'll wash your car. <laughs> if it'll, if it'll pay, you know what I mean? So we'll, we'll do just about anything. Right. Uh, My plan for Iron Eagle is, worst case, we're going to step back and work on our bonding. Um, you and me were talking about this before. Working on bonding and trying to get into more public infrastructure work, trying to hop on the highway jobs, you know, third party in it for guys like Weber and those bigger guys and getting on that preferred bidders list so we can do the small stretches of road that they need help on. Um, that's always a plan. Um, your payment terms are... <laughs> pretty rough but you know you're going to get paid um the other thing i'm thinking about is you know trying to get in with the airport uh, i've done some work out at the airport dfw um and then schools of course problem with schools payment terms we know that as well <laughs> it, it's it's give with one and take it with the other though i tell everybody <laughs> you know in commercial you know you're going to probably get paid kind of relatively in a fair amount of time you can't charge as much public work you're gonna they're gonna take their sweet freaking time to pay you but you get massively better margins so it's like a 
it's a give and take almost with with it's a double edged sword, I guess you could say with it. Um, the other thing I'm looking at is trying to get in with like the co ops, um, the r- more rural ones, and doing the clearing for them. Go out and clear lines for the power line guys, and you know putting in roads for them and stuff like that. That's good money, man. It's hard to get in with them, but once you're in with them, you do a good job for them. They'll keep you busy. And they always need erosion guys, too, because they need guys to put down seed blankets, all that stuff. And, and and the other thing, too, that you should think about is, you know, reaching out to these highway guys. You know, if start slowing down a little bit. Be like, hey, dude, do you guys need, you know, uh, you know, embedment put down and all that kind of stuff? That I don't know what you're thinking, but, I mean, that's just my, my little – a little mouse on my wheel spinning here, thinking of ideas. <laughs> I think it helps too having, uh, you know, when times do get tough, having a good support system around you too. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be where I am today without my wife. Mm-hmm. She has been uh, my biggest fan, my biggest supporter my entire career. Every time I would, I say every time, it's been a couple of times where I've made the, the job change, right? Go to a different company. And uh, I'm like, hey, I got this this offer. I got this going on. This is what I'm thinking. And she's like, well, I don't, I don't know about that, but I, I support you. And it always ends up working out. It has in the past, anyway. Um, but just having having her in my corner the way that she has been uh, has just been huge. And, you know, having – it could be her. It could be, you know, a group of guys. Whoever your support system is, um, that, that's important to have around you as well. I think any – strong businessman or any businesswoman has a strong person waiting for them at home. Um, if they don't have someone waiting at home, they have a support system. I'm very fortunate to have that support system myself. I have an amazing woman that, uh, does everything I need in my life at home. Um, I come home to a cooked meal, clean house. I don't have to worry about much on the home front because I'm dealing with everything out in the field. And, when you have that, it it just it, she can tell you it's kind of funny. I'll I'll walk in the door and it's like I I literally just I take off my jacket and it's like I took the day off. And I don't try to bring work home because bringing work home is stress and worrying how I'm going to do this tomorrow and do we got enough fuel in the tractors? Do do we got trucks lined up for tomorrow? Did the line pass? You know, do we mix it deep enough? You know. <laughs> You know, you know what I'm talking about. It's just, it's all the little crap that you just go, did I get everything done today? And then you got, you're checking emails still. And I made a rule for myself now. I don't know if you're doing it yet. I hit about three and a half years old and I went, you know what? I just can wait till tomorrow. Yeah. It used to not be that way. I used to be the guy who was burning the candle at both ends. I was up early as crap. And I was going until 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. And I realized it's not getting me anywhere. Yeah. All it's going to do is put me in an early grave. Yeah. And I know guys that do it. And, yeah. you know, they're miserable. Yeah. They have no life. They have no friends. They have nothing because all they do is work. Right. That's something I had to, I had to uh, improve on when I first started my business. You know, because I'm doing, I'm the estimator. I'm the project manager. I'm the one sending out invoices at night, you know, uh, doing takeoffs. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Uh, I remember a story my dad told me when I was younger. He had a friend that uh, managed banks across uh, the Metroplex, and uh, you know the bridge on sixty six coming into Rockwall. Yep. So he would drive home on that 
and there's like, you know, it's lined with trees along the side there. He said he would just look at all these trees and, and hang up his problems one by one on these trees when he's driving home. And, uh, you know, the next morning he'd pick them back up, but he wouldn't take them home. That's a good way to look at it's, it. And it, it's hard not to, especially in your and my positions. Uh, you know, you, you do worry. You know, you go out there the next day, is the, is the phenol failing going to show up on your line? Is yeah. it going to turn purple? Yeah. Is it not? Exactly. There's so many things to worry about. There really is. The thing that you got is, uh, I'm very fortunate. You know, my mom is partners with me in my company, and she, uh, she's not really a partner, but she's there. She works for me, but she's she's been in business for 40 years, and so whenever I get, she doesn't know. She's newer to construction, but she's been in this business for a long time. She's been in business for a long time. So when she says to me, hey, it's going to get better. You've just got to ride through the storm. I listen because there's so much truth to that. Because look at last year. You and me were talking last year. I didn't even know I was going to make payroll on Friday. That one week I talked to you. And I said, but I need you to silt the job up. And you said, don't worry about it. I got you. And you didn't even question it. You know, you didn't even worry about that. You just like, you need it done. I got you. And having people like that is awesome. And that's why I thank you, my man. Like you are, you've been there through me, for me through the thick and thin when I've had the money and when I haven't had it. And that's what makes you who you are. And that's what makes you a great person, a great friend, a great business owner, and just a a phenomenal human being. And I really look forward to continuing to see armor success and armor grow and, just delivering an awesome product that I know you guys do. Um, you know, you guys have been nothing but supportive of our our efforts, and we love you for it. And uh, I'm really looking forward to having you back on the show. Yeah. Um, Don't be as nervous next time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you and me talking on the phone earlier, it was yeah. so easy, like it is every day we talk. Yeah. And, and you know what? This part right here is going to still go on the show, so it doesn't matter, you know, yeah. because be yourself, man. I tell guys that all the time when they're on the show. Mm-hmm. Just be yourself, bro. Yeah. You know, this is, this is, it's a podcast, dude. You don't, you're just talking. Yeah. And if people listen, they listen. If they don't, they don't. But anyways, guys, um, check out Cole's company. It's called Armor Site Services. Uh, go ahead and tell them your website, bud. Uh, I've got Facebook and LinkedIn. I don't have a website. Okay. Yet, but I'm Armor Site Services on Facebook and LinkedIn. Okay. Uh, Look for the blue fence up all over the place. Uh, it makes the news all the time. So if you watch the local news, it's been on the news twice now. So, brother, thanks for coming on the show. All right, man. We'll see you later. If you guys really enjoyed that show, please uh, like and subscribe. And uh, check us out on Spotify. And we're going to be on um, our Spotify is on grade. We also are on Google. Apple, and I can't remember the name of the other one, but uh, you guys can figure it out. Anyways, thanks for watching, and thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.